Luis Castillo has cooled off over his last four outings. Why is that? We'll discuss in a moment here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, May 11th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon by scanning the QR code that's right above my head. The link, as well as our social accounts, is also in the description of this episode. And on this episode, we'll discuss George Kirby's big night on the bump on Tuesday and how it appears that one of the Mariners' more exciting pitching prospects is making a highly anticipated transition into the bullpen and what that means for the team. But first, Colby, let's talk about Luis Castillo, who... Took his first loss of the year in yesterday's 4-3 defeat against the Texas Rangers. Uh, relative to what our standards are for Castillo, his last four outings have been a bit of a disappointment, especially after a you know, really good start to 2023. We were talking about pitcher of the month, potentially you know, early Cy Young favorite, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That hasn't really been the case over the last four starts. Again, not saying that he's been awful by any means by any stretch of the imagination but certainly he hasn't been the guy that we saw in his first four starts since april 22nd he's rocking a 491 era with a 354 fip and a 141 whip 26 strikeouts five walks issued over 22 innings pitch colby is there something you've seen out of castillo lately that we can you know pinpoint as the cause for this dip in numbers uh no yes i have some theories um but nothing nothing concrete uh one of the things i've noticed over the last few starts is that teams are being super aggressive on the fastball uh particularly early in counts uh they're not waiting around they're not trying to get to two strikes against castillo which is probably a pretty good game plan uh the other thing though in regards to the fastball is we're seeing it seems like there are a lot of foul balls off of Castillo the last three or four times out, which is really jacking up his pitch count, which is making it harder for him to go deeper into games. Um, so yeah, he's just not really able to put guys away with the fastball uh, right now. And, and teams are being super aggressive on it. It was pretty interesting yesterday. He barely threw the two seamer at all, which is kind of weird. Um, that's, that's a pitch that he needs uh, to, to, you know, throw more. And I think he only threw it four or five times. So it was kind of a, an iffy uh, game plan, I would say, but who knows? Maybe he just wasn't feeling it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think when you look at it, you know, just from a macro level, the fastball value is not there right now. Uh, teams have made an adjustment to him. They are going to be really aggressive on that pitch. And we know Castillo is going to throw his fastball a lot. So I think there's something that could change is maybe a few more first pitch changeups, a few more first pitch uh, sliders. Um, you know, which he had a pretty good changeup and slider against Texas. Command and control, not great, but in terms of just raw stuff, both those pitches were pretty good. So, um, yeah, I think right now offenses are just attacking the fastball early and they're sitting fastball with two strikes um, and they're going to force Castillo to throw a good quality off-speed pitch to strike them out. 
um, which, you know, Castillo's still getting strikeouts. Uh, it's, it's certainly not a K issue, but uh, his pitch count is getting kind of out of control. Uh, usually in, you know, one or two innings where he'll really struggle. And then the rest of the game, he's he's fine. We saw it against Houston. We saw it against Texas. Um, we saw it against St. Louis. So it's just one of those things where right now he's kind of, he's kind of trying to figure out how to combat this change that uh, the league has made to him. Uh, the other thing that I, I seem to have noticed uh, over the last few starts is that when he pitches from the stretch versus when he pitches from the windup, from the windup, he's dominant. He looks like every bit the guy that we were talking about as a potential Cy Young award winner. Um, but when you get him in the in the stretch, his fastball command uh, seems to go away uh, with the with the sinker from the stretch. It really feels like he's missing arm side badly. And unfortunately, if you're going to miss arm side against a right handed hitter with a two seamer. That's going to hurt somebody that's going to hit somebody or that's just going to be an easy walk, an easy take. Uh, but then on the other hand, with his off-speed stuff, he seems to miss more glove side when he's out of the stretch. So mm-hmm. a guy who typically, Castillo doesn't have pinpoint command. He's just got really good stuff. But from the stretch, it's probably 50 command and then 55, 60 control, just the raw ability to throw strikes. Um, but from the stretch, I would say that's probably 40 command, maybe 45 control. Uh, and that's an issue. So, yeah, I think, you know, Every time somebody gets on base against Castillo, I I just kind of hold my breath because it's it's been a recurring issue here. I think for the last you know handful of starts, and and a lot more guys are reaching base because they're being so aggressive on the fastball lately uh, that he's having to throw more pitches from the stretch. So I think that's I think that's something to uh, to keep an eye on and something that he'll have to adjust um, as he goes forward. Yeah, let's dive into the data here of his first four starts compared to his last four starts. So contact rate is up about by 3%. Uh, whiff rate is down by 1.5%-ish around that area. Uh, but really what's concerning here is the quality of contact. Barrel rate is significantly higher than it was during the first four starts. 3.4% barrel rate during the first four starts, that's now up to 10.8% through his last four starts. The hard hit rate is about the same. I think it's actually, is it down? Yeah, it's down by a couple of ticks, but guys are putting the barrel on the ball a lot more consistently against Castillo, and the exit velocities are up by about three ticks, 91.4 miles per hour compared to, what was it, 88.9 miles per hour. Max exit velocity is up. And so that that also is contributing to the issues a little bit here is that he's just giving up better contact overall. And then to your point about him out of the stretch, which has been a conversation really ever since he's shown up in Seattle. I remember you distinctly talking about his struggles out of the stretch last year, uh, particularly after you know that really bad start in Oakland that he had. Um, and the numbers reflect that uh, for sure here. So out of the stretch this year, and this is just overall numbers. This isn't last four starts, first four starts, any of that. It's just the whole season. Um, with runners on base, or actually, let's start here. Let's start with runners uh, with nobody on. Uh, opponents are slashing 213, 255, 338, or 333 when uh, Castillo is working out of the windup. Compare that to when he's working out of the stretch. Opponents are hitting 254, 299, 
4.13. He's also, um, you know, just missing less bats overall. And that's ultimately the problem here. He, funny enough, he actually has a higher K per nine uh, out of the stretch than he does out of the lineup, but he's still not getting those swings and misses that he really needs uh, consistently enough. And yeah, so harder contact, not enough whiffs. These are ultimately the issues that are plaguing uh, Luis Castillo right now. And uh, I'm not really sure how you fix it, you know, other than just you kind of write it out because it's Luis Castillo at the end of the day. And I mean, even even though that these numbers are not great, they're mostly not great because they're relative to what our standards for Castillo are. And also with the way that your offense is playing right now, the margin for error is so little. So if, mm-hmm. if that maximizes the struggles at the end, like ultimately here, like it, that's what really is is magnifying all of this is that your offense is not producing enough runs and not producing enough chances, or at least not taking advantage advantage of those chances that it does create. And so Cassio basically has to be perfect or close to it every night that he goes out there, and when he's not, it makes it seem more like oh he's fallen off a cliff, he's struggling when he really isn't guys like like even the best pitchers in the world they have you know a few starts like this where they do struggle now that's not to let him off the hook here because there are you know as we just went over some numbers that do indicate some struggles especially when he comes out of the stretch but again this isn't necessarily as simple as he's just bad right that's that's not that's not what what's happening here that's not what we're trying to tell you here it's also worth noting that Castillo has traditionally had one, you know, mediocre month every year of his career. Um, sure. And, you know, I, I would say right now the good news is, is that he's healthy and uh, he's on track to make 30 starts for the first time in his career. So that's yep. good. You'd rather have Castillo healthy and out there than not at all, even if he is going to struggle a little bit right now. But, you know, again, keep in mind his struggles are still a three, four, five, fifth. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. So, yeah, he just got to kind of avoid that one disaster inning, um, which he had in each of his last two starts, uh, and he'll be fine. So, uh, overall, there's no reason to really panic about Castillo, but there are some changes that need to be made. And, you know, one other thing, I I don't know, it just kind of popped into my head. So, maybe this is just a total guess. Maybe he's tipping his pitches somehow. So, uh, that's other things that scouts will look at and and they they will adjust. So, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see how his next outing goes. Uh, it will be against Atlanta, I think, on Friday night. No. That seems very far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, they well, play Detroit. Be against who, Detroit. Who, who, who do they play? They play somebody Detroit? in between Detroit. <laughs> okay. Boston. It'll be at Boston Fenway Park. We're, we're, Fenway we're, Park. Huge, we're huge fans of the Mariners, clearly. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry I don't sit there and stare at the schedule <laughs> on May 11th. Yeah, yeah. So, of course. Yep. yeah, it'll be at Fenway Park, and uh, we'll see. Park, uh, yep. We'll see how he does. And I don't know. It's tough to judge any pitching performance in that. What's a nice way to say ugly, stupid ballpark? Mm. Historic. Ah, ballpark. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the for the annual Mariners score seven runs in the first inning, and then lose like thirteen to nine game. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be fun. Or, well, and they already had that in Chicago. Another historic. Yeah, but park. it always happens at Fenway. I feel like 
Maybe that's just ha- he- my head cannon, but it, it does feel know. like there's like always a game like that at Fenway. I'm more looking forward to them inexplicably being shut out at Fenway. Yeah, that's that's the day game. That's yeah, the day game. Always. First Somebody game lose in- four to nothing at yeah. Fenway Park with the wind blowing straight out. Yeah, first game of the series is the the blown lead. Last game of the series in the day in the sunlight is the the shutout. That's that. Those are the narratives that I've created in my head at at the very least here. They're leaving, I don't know if they're any of that Finway, is true. They're leaving Fenway Park with a series win, so don't worry about it. All right, and some peppers from. I don't 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 belittle people from Boston, Ty. Ugh. I don't want to promote any hate speech. That's for sure. Okay. All right, folks. Before we get into our next segment, talking about some uh, about George Kirby's big start on Tuesday night against the Texas Rangers, uh, I want to uh, tell you about So Rare. So Rare is our new sponsor, who we are incredibly stoked to have, and they are a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans and owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 Major League Baseball teams. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, SoRare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards so rare mlb game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle and at the end of game week so rare mlb managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards which can include so rare scarcity cards game tickets merchandise signed jerseys and vip experiences like meeting mlb stars prizes may vary depending on the competition head to so rare.com slash locked on that's spelled s-o-r-a-r-e Dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And uh, tomorrow, the Mariners and the Tigers are going to get it underway for their first of two series this year in Detroit in the Motor City. And if you can't watch the game, you can listen to it on the Mariners hometown broadcast with Sirius XM via the SXM app. So yesterday we ranted and raved about the offense and the struggles of this team against the Rangers in yesterday's game. Um, and unfortunately, we overlooked a great start from George Kirby the night before. We haven't had a chance to talk about that uh, since. Uh, nine strikeouts for George Kirby. I talked about how you know the la- or the last time we did a post game show after one of his starts, how there's been a lack of strikeouts from George Kirby. He came through with a lot of them against this Rangers lineup, a good Rangers lineup. Uh, but overall, what did you see out of Kirby as he goes deep into another game for the Mariners? He's eating a lot of innings right now for the M's. Yeah, you know what's interesting is when you when you watch when you watch this start. You think it's you know one of Kirby's best, and it certainly was a very good start. Let's not kid ourselves here. Texas is a really good offense. Wipe that smirk off your face. Um, but uh, when you look at the the data, you know only eleven whiffs on the day, just fifteen called strikes, only a twenty six percent called strike plus whiff rate for Kirby, uh, which just feels weird because I believe nine strikeouts ties his career high. So mm-hmm. typically when you see things like that, you see more whiffs and, and uh, more called strikes, but wasn't really the case here. When you look at the the data, his spin rates were actually down for the most part. 
um, in this start. So he wasn't spinning it particularly well. Uh, I think when you look at the data right now, though, or when you look at the data from the last start, uh, the sli- the curveball and the slider were the difference maker here. We've seen Kirby dominate with a two seamer before. We've seen him have you know one or two of these pitches. In this game, he had both. Both were working really well. Um, he threw uh, he threw twenty three curveballs. Eighteen of them were strikes. That's insane. Um, he also threw fifteen sliders. Twelve of those were strikes. George Kirby throwing strikes. What? I know. Insane. Uh, threw 100 pitches. 75 of them were strikes. There's, a, there's your all, thumbnail right there, by the way. Yeah, exactly. But they were all really quality strikes. There was nothing in the middle of the plate. He was on the on the edges or just outside of another, let's say, questionable strike zone uh, <laughs> by a home plate umpire. Surprise. And Kirby took full advantage of, you know, every, every little, every little, you know, extra inch or two that the home plate umpire gave him. He was well aware of it and he took advantage. 75 strikes on 100 pitches, uh, 101 pitches. Um, He's just pounding the zone right on the edges all night long. And again, you throw 23 curveballs and 18 of them are strikes. I mean, wow. <laughs> like, I, I like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, I did my math wrong. It might be, I think it was 20 of them. What? Colby did his math wrong? Yeah. Crazy. Wow. I know, man. I know. So, yeah. he The two off-speed pitches. He had both of them working. He was pounding the strike zone with both of them. uh, And he was getting ahead of a lot of hitters. There was just the one inning where uh, Texas was able to run his pitch count up a little bit by, you know, stop me, you've heard this before, fouling off a bunch of fastballs. Um, But Kirby, you know, (sighs) again, this is this is one of the outings where his command was better than his stuff. Mm. And you can see how far Kirby can go. We've talked a lot about how Kirby's stuff isn't like special. It's good. And his command plays up tonight or well, Tuesday night was the perfect example of that because that's what we saw. A plus command and control. Good stuff, not great stuff. And this is what can happen even against really good lineups. Uh, for George Kirby when he has, you know, his 60, 65 grade command and probably 70 control on Tuesday night. Uh, he, this can be the norm uh, for George. And, you know, after a kind of a, a rough start here, uh, you know, to a season, his numbers right now look right in line. The only thing that's down a little bit is his K percentage. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you have two of your last three outings were 15 shutout innings it's going to help your numbers a lot. And, and Kirby looks like he's locked in and honestly, he's probably your number one right now. Yeah. And he has the most innings of, well, I should clarify that Cassio's had one more start. So right now he has the innings pitch lead at 46 and two thirds, but Kirby is just two innings behind him on seven starts. So, I mean, that's kind of wild, right? I mean, like, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm not because when you are someone that stays so in the zone as, as Kirby does, right? He doesn't throw a lot of balls in general. He's always in the strike zone. You're naturally going to have quick innings. And so your pitch count is going to stay relatively low as long as you don't get into trouble. And, you know, that's going to allow you to get deep into games. But still, if you asked me who was going to lead the Mariners in innings pitched, the first month and a half of the season, I wouldn't have guessed George Kirby, to be honest with you. I would have guessed Robbie Ray. I would have guessed Luis Castillo. So I'm a bit surprised on that front. Uh, but at the end of the day, it does make sense. 
I keep on saying that at the end of the day. I've told myself to stop saying that. Me and my filler phrases. I hate it. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Anyway. Ty's feeling kind of ranty in this episode. Uh, yeah. One other thing from Kirby. I felt like we saw a lot more. It's about damn time, by the way, I think. Whoa. Language. We apologize for Ty's language. Um, so yeah. One other thing I saw from Kirby on Tuesday, I thought we saw more 96, 97 than we have in the past. Uh, he did top out at 97. His, he's averaged 95.2. His year average is 95. So from an average, you know, fastball velocity standpoint, nothing special, but I hadn't, I don't remember seeing much 96, 97 from Kirby all year. He seemed like he was pretty much topped out at 95. And, and uh, I think we saw more than a handful of 97s in this game. Uh, so that's something to watch, but yeah, it was, it was a really, really good start for, for Kirby. And mm-hmm. again, command control, Command control stuff. That's the order you want to go in. Kirby, A plus command, A plus control. On this night, I would say probably his B, B plus stuff tonight or that night. And he shut down what is right now the best offense in baseball over seven scoreless innings. Which is a wild stat considering, I mean, like they have some good talent in there, but they're also missing Corey Seager. Like the back end of that lineup is on paper, not, not inspiring but right yeah. but jonah himes on a heater right now yeah he's uh, been incredible right ezekiel duran's on a heater right now adolis garcia's hitting like 330 we know that's not going to continue <laughs> like they got some guys they're like the opposite of the mariners right now they got a bunch of dudes on heaters and they're taking advantage of it yeah so perlander baroa which would imply there is a postlander baroa out there but perlander baroa uh has seemingly made the official transition into the bullpen. So we're going to talk about what that means for the Mariners in just a moment. But Steve Rogers over here, just uh, wait a second before we get into Perlander Barroa because we got to tell the fine folks about Game Time. Game Time is an amazing app where you can buy tickets to your favorite events. And that shouldn't be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use promo code lockdown MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account. Redeem promo code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Colby, that is the only time I will ever compare you to Captain America. Only time. This is the Locked On Mariners Jealous. podcast. Thank you. Thank you again for making us your first listen again. Tomorrow, Mariners, Tigers get underway in the Motor City. Can't watch. Listen to it on the Mariners hometown broadcast with Sirius XM via the SXM app. Do it. Do it now. Or, well, tomorrow night. Do it then. Actually, it's more like afternoon, right? It's like a 340 start. What is with these weird starts on the East Coast? What is with this weird, like, jovial Algonquin, Algonquin roundtable you're going on right now? Like, so many just, like, what What are you doing? What do you mean? What am I Tighten doing? it up, what man. Tighten it up. What do you mean, tighten it up? You All these little tiny segues that go nowhere. What's that, what are you talking about? Whatever. Perlander Baroa, that implies there's a postlander. Folks, Come on. 
Help me out. Nobody here. cares. Folks, Nobody help cares. me out here. Nobody shut, cares. Shut up. Shut up. Whoa. Plus, you're dropping the D bomb and all that stuff the on D-bomb. your life. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, dude. You're you're on something right now. Uh, because like you're this this uh, this episode's off the rails. <laughs> Anyways, Is it? I didn't feel like it was off pretty, the rails. It's, by your standards, yeah, it's, it's let let, let us know. Are, are we are we off the rails today? Am no, no, I no, am not I we. not? Okay, am I off the rails Ty. today? Am I not buttoned up? Ty, it's kind of like you know, he's kind of floating around a little bit right now. So we'll see. Uh, I, we'll I see how the people in the comments feel. At all, but, but I don't right, know, let's... man. It feels to me like you're you're like what's. And before everyone gets on to me about calling, telling Colby to shut up, I mean, how many times has he told me to shut up on the show? I've lost count, so. I mean, nobody cares about that, Ty. Nobody. So <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, of course. I'm just, I'm just saying it's been a weird day for you. But anyways. All right. Well, about- I'm just, I'm just, fl- you know, floating around in the breeze here or whatever you said. Uh, Perlander Barroa, just, you know what? I'm just going to shut up. You just, you tell me about him. <laughs> tell, tell us about Perlander Barroa. He, he made his first. Uh, appearance out of the bullpen last night down in Arkansas. What does that mean for the Mariners moving forward? Or is this, I mean, is, is Baroa going to be a part of this bullpen soon? Is that what this yeah. seems to indicate? Of course it does. Why else would they take him out of the rotation? I mean, he's been bad out of the rotation. I mean, at least in terms of walks, like he's walked a lot of dudes. Yeah, we already knew that. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, about but even Fernando more Baroa. than his career norms, <laughs> like it's been rough. Yeah, but again, we already knew that, and that the Mariners don't care. If the Mariners wanted Perlander Barrow to be a starter, they would keep him in the bullpen, even if he was walking, you know, seven dudes per nine. They don't care. They just want him to get innings. They want him to, you know, I mean, as lame, they want him to get practice. How do you get practice? You pitch more innings. The more innings you pitch the more reps you get. So that's what you would keep them in the, in the rotation. If that was your plan, it's not clearly the Mariners plan is at some point over the next, I don't know, seven to 21 days, somewhere in that range. Certainly by the end of the month, they want Perlander Barrow to be up in the mayor, up in the major leagues, pitching out of the bullpen um, for Seattle. Like there's just no other reason to make this move. It's not, you're not benching a guy cause he's struggling with walks, uh, not in double a, like that's not a thing. So, Obviously, the only reason you're doing this is because you plan on calling him up soon and you want to get him used to, you know, pitching every other day and, you know, only going, you know, 20 pitches and and not having to pace yourself, go 100 pitches. You want him to go back to back and learn what that's like. You want him to get into a rhythm. And we've seen the Mariners do this. Uh, They did it with Edwin Diaz and they did it last year with Matt Brash. So we kind of know the formula here. This isn't going to be, you know, oh, he needs two months to figure out how to pitch out of the bullpen. No. It's going to be, you know, two to four weeks at most. And he's going to be up in the big leagues throwing, you know, his filthy, you know, 90 mile an hour sliders that are 70 grade and his really heavy fastball that's 97 to 100. Uh, how much of that will he throw for strikes? <laughs> Anybody's guess, but uh, mm-hmm. it's wicked stuff. And as we saw from Matt Brash more last year than this year, you don't have to throw a ton of strikes when you have that type of stuff. And, and Broa, in terms of just raw stuff, might be number two in the entire org behind Matt Brash when you factor in control and command. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so, Burrow's going to be up with the big leagues uh, by, by the end of this month. I have very little doubt that he will make his major league debut. So two questions, really. This is the best. They're both pitch. dumb. And, and, <laughs> sure. And th- not only are they dumb, but they're probably also connected, maybe. Um, one, 
this is the best pitching staff in baseball st- statistically. Do they need to do this? Why not? Actually, three questions. Why would they do this? And does this concern you all, at all about Andres Munoz's recovery? Or do you think this is connected at all to that? No. Okay. Well, I mean, because like they've they've called up one ten. They're taking shots right now on their on their young guys. I mean, they have like veteran depth if you need to just think... filter guys through the bullpen. Instead, they're taking these big time shots with one ten with Perlander Barroa potentially here. They haven't taken the shot with Barroa yet, but I think that's more about the guys who were supposed to be in the middle, the Topas, the the Spire, those guys. They're now high leverage options you're kind of moving Matt Brash down that totem pole because you can't trust him right now. And so they need to replenish the middle options because thankfully the guys who you thought were going to pitch the middle innings, they're now your best. They're now your high leverage arms, which again, not how you draw it up, but when you're throwing the ball as well as Topa and and Spire are right now, fine, whatever you'd rather have it that way. So I think this is just more about replenishing the middle. And if you can get yourself into a position where, you know, your middle guys would be, eighth inning guys on most other teams like Baroa would be, then I think you're in a really good spot. So I think for me, it's about, look, we have these guys right now who are pitching really well. We trust them in high leverage spots. Let's get, let's get one ten up here. Let's eventually get Baroa up here. Let's see what these guys have. And if these guys, we think maybe they could become high leverage and you're just trying to build out this really big bullpen, but because you have your high leverage arms in place now, you can take a shot on Baroa. You could take a shot on, on 10 and, if they don't work out, fine, whatever. It's a middle reliever. You're not counting on this guy to pitch huge innings for you. And if they both continue to, well, t- in Ten's case, if Ten continues to get outs like he has so far, and Baroa comes up and shows that he can be Matt Brash uh, last year, then you're in a great spot. And and also, let's not pretend that the Mariners don't have spots in their bullpen that they can give right now. Chris Flexen's still on this team. <laughs> Taylor Saucedo is still on this team. <laughs> Chris Flexen pitched with the game within two runs yeah. yesterday. You think that was their first choice? No, not, it's not. That was not ideal. No, but it it's it not. went fine. So, it went fine, but not it went fine. Sure. Not what I want to see. Though. That's not what their plan is. So yeah. Yeah. Obviously they want those guys. And also it tells me that they think Baroa was no longer in their uh rotation depth. Baroa had clearly been you know, jumped over by Miller, although that was probably the case already. Uh, Hancock, Wu, and even a struggling Taylor Dollard, they would all feel better about uh, than, you know, handing the ball to Barroa and asking him to go five. This was always going to happen with Barroa. Yeah. He never had the command to be a starter. His stuff is plenty good, and he actually has a decent changeup that he'll throw on occasion. But you just you can't have 30 command and 35 control and be expected to go five, six innings against big league teams with regularity. So this was a move that was always going to happen. Uh, I honestly, I don't think this is too early. I don't think this is too late. I think it's just about right. Um, and we'll see, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to try and get him back to backs before they call him up or anything like that. Uh, I think they didn't do that with Diaz, but they did do it with brash. We'll see. It could be, like I said, it could be a week. Uh, we could see him on the next homestand. Uh, we could see him at the end of the month. Uh, who knows, but I do think Burrow is going to be up. And I do think that, He's got a really good shot to stay uh, with the team all year. And honestly, like I think the move, probably Chris Flexen, UDFA Flexen. But one thing I would look out for, watch out for Matt Brash being sent back to AAA Tacoma because he's got some things he has to work on. He has not been good this year. I know the the 
FIP and all that stuff say he's been really good this year. He hasn't. You guys watch him. The command is even worse than it was last year. The stuff's all over the place. He needs help. And pitching him in the middle of a major league lineup, you know, with your team kind of, you know, trying to keep their heads above water, it's not going to help the team and it's not going to help him. And, you know, honestly, you could send Brash down and maybe put him back in the bolt in the rotation. Remember, the Mariners wanted Brash to be a part of this, you know, rotation battle, at least in theory. Uh, they wanted him to be stretched out uh, when he came to camp, and then he decided he was going to pitch for Team Canada, and so they nixed that idea. Just watch out for Brash. He might go down to AAA, start, uh, again, get more reps by throwing more pitches in a situation where you don't care about the results, and maybe he can figure something out with his command and control because all Brash has to do to be an electric bullpen option for you, 45 control and command. That's it. You can still be well below average. He can't be 30 like he is right now. Can't have it. So don't be surprised if Matt Brash is the move for Barrow in a couple of weeks. But I think if I was betting, I'd probably still bet Chris Flexen is the move. Yeah, I think that should be the the move. Um it just it but it it while it Matt hurts Brash me apologist. as a, while it hurts me as a Matt Brash stand, I, I do agree that there are things that he needs to work on. And if I saw that they uh they sent him down to triple A, I would I would understand it. I would get it because there there are some things that he needs to uh, to work through here. Would, uh, would you trust game on the line? Would you rather have Trevor Gott on the mound or Matt Brash? Uh, Gott, right now. That's the end of the discussion. <laughs> Brash doesn't need yeah. to be in the bullpen if that's an accurate statement. Yeah, Brash. I mean, the upside is in, insane, but sure. The floor is <laughs> the possibility of him going a third of an inning, walking three guys, and giving up a double. And you know, giving up two, yeah. three earned runs. The the floor is you guys know rock bottom in SpongeBob. You know the cliff from Bikini Bottom to Rock Here Bottom. Here we go. That's that's the floor for Matt Prash. Okay, we got a wrap, Ty. You're officially off the deep end. Huh? Kept it nautical. Yeah. We're like grade. two minutes away from Ty singing the SpongeBob theme song. Like, are you ready, he, kids? See, he's he's yeah. well, well off his rocker. Appar- apparently, I'm on one today somehow. I thought I was being normal, but this is not normal. Not for you. I'm sorry for being so animated. And what that's a good I, word for it. Yeah. Animated. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like being animated. I'm, no, I'm, that's I'm fine. a peacock. Like, I, I, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. You got to let me fly, man. Penguins. You, uh, say, you say that to me all the time. So I'm, I'm giving it right back yeah, to you. But I'm actually a peacock. You could be a penguin. I like penguins, but you know. Anyways, we're welcome to what is it? Ornithology, lock sure. on ornithology, the study sure. of birds. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Penguins number one, peacocks. One A. Waddle, 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 waddle. That's gonna do penguins it for our show. Adorable. Thank you. So, are you saying that I'm a penguin and I'm adorable? Is that what you're saying on today's you're show? You're one of the ugly penguins. You're one of the ugly brown ones. Mm. Oh no, those are seals. Right. Right. Or, you know what? Or, fine, or, whatever. Or. Fine. Penguins are awesome. You can be a penguin. Goodbye. I love seal. Baby. That's gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. Oh, Call me Pat Node. I'm Tony Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. Look at this guy. Dane Gonzalez. That is D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. There are no vowels. It is my last name, just no vowels. That's what my Twitter handle is. 
Dane Gonzalez. Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Catch us after the game tomorrow for a reaction to the Mariners series opener with the Tigers. But for now, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.